Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, August 29th, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our special guest this evening is Molly McCord, a best-selling indie author of 10 books, intuitive business coach, astrologer, channel, radio show host, and modern consciousness teacher. Often referred to as a consciousness catalyst, Molly's popular website, which is ConsciousCoolChick.com, was nominated by Intent.com for Best Spirituality Website in 2011. She's a practicing intuitive astrologer who has connected with clients in over 20 countries and hosts a popular weekly radio show. Molly has been studying spiritual topics and concepts for over 25 years and shares her knowledge primarily through her books and spiritual mentoring. Molly is being called forward on her path now to support more authors, healers, artists, and entrepreneurs to share their work by developing a solid business path. Her new business training website is mollymccord.online and she offers free videos, guidance, and tips for building your business and books in a solid, practical manner. So check out those websites. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who has a question or comment for our guest. Check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com because it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. If you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, please order it at least two or three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So first off this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, Starseed listeners. Great to be back. Missed all of you. Missed good you, too. Good to be too. back on the show. Yeah, it's good to be with you guys. Well, goodness, a lot more than we could ever cover in tonight's news segment has been happening. What a time we live in. Well, we'll start with the sun, and right now we are under a geomagnetic storm watch. NOAA forecasters say there's a 30% chance of a minor G1-class geomagnetic storm, the 31st, 
when a fast-moving stream of solar wind is expected to hit our magnetic field. The source of the wind is a canyon-shaped hole in the sun's atmosphere. High-latitude sky watchers should be alert for auroras on Thursday night. And most of us saw the eclipse, eh? Wow, that was something. Well, here's a story I wanted to pass along. I don't know whether I want to laugh or cry. (laughs) Whatever. But eclipse watchers in California reportedly were putting sunscreen on their eyeballs. Uh, Why would they do that? Well... Some eclipse watchers reportedly put sunscreen on their eyeballs during last week's solar eclipse in what appears to be a misguided effort to protect their eyes from sun damage. Now, according to a a network, a news outlet in Redding, California, a few patients uh, visited a nearby uh, clinic complaining of pain after they put sunscreen on their eyeballs during the eclipse on the 21st. And they did this because they did not have protective glasses to view the eclipse, according to this news uh, agency. And according to one medical professional, one of, and I'm quoting, quote, one of my colleagues stated yesterday that they had patients presenting at their clinic that put sunscreen on their eyeballs so that they could watch the eclipse. So, anyway. Well, just when you think you've heard everything. <laughs> really? Well, you know, we've really all been saturated with the news about Harvey, um, Hurricane Harvey in Texas. I'll touch on it briefly, um, just as a matter of record. But uh, they are calling it a flood of a lifetime. It's really just so hard to... Uh, poor people. There are really dramatic scenes coming out of Texas as Hurricane Harvey stalled over the state, dumping record-setting precipitation. They're calling it the flood of a lifetime. Uh, now that Harvey has been began to die down, uh, they're still expecting more rain. Uh, they say at least five people have died. Dozens have been injured after the 130-mile-per-hour winds and the unprecedented floods swept through the southeast pocket of the state on Friday and Saturday. There's even more rain on the way. And emergency response teams have been stretched to their limit as the state was hit with, get this, as far as they can measure it, 11 trillion gallons of water, and more on the way. 11 trillion gallons of water, inconceivable. And a related story, they're calling it a nightmare event. Uh, The officials of Brazoria County, Texas, urged residents in the Columbia Lakes area south of Houston to evacuate immediately today following a breach of the levee at the Brazos River. Now, the river has risen to historic heights as a result of Storm Harvey and uh, has caused the levee to fail today, a scenario that authorities were terrified of, and it's now happened. More heavy rain is expected through tomorrow, raising concerns that other levees are at risk. And the Houston's River, uh, excuse me, the Houston's Attic's Dam began to spill over uh, also today, so they really have their hands full. But that's not the only place on the planet that's having floods. I omitted a number of them, but one of them I can update you on is in India. They've been having a terrible flood there. Now, the situation, they say, is gradually improving, but the death toll from the floods in India has reached 514. And according to an official release over the last two weeks, um, they had to evacuate 854,000 people. I think that's what this says were evacuated to safer places by the rescue teams of the Army and disaster response there in India. So there's other floods happening all over the planet. And uh, on the opposite side of the scale, we have uh, predicted a record 
setting heat wave that's coming to Southern California. They say it will blanket the state through the middle of this week, elevating the fire danger and probably breaking many heat records, according to forecasters. Now, the National Weather Service yesterday issued an excessive heat warning through tomorrow, saying the high temperatures will create a dangerous situation this week. Now, the Antelope Valley and other inland valleys are expected to face the worst heat this week with their usual uh, uh, low triple-digit temperatures, except these are going to go higher. Uh, Records were shattered yesterday when temperatures reached 111 degrees in Woodland Hills, 109 in Lancaster, 108 in Palmdale, and 116 in Palm Springs. And that's according to the Weather Service. And records in the latter three areas were set in 2008 when the temperatures were uh, quite a bit lower. It was 97 in Sandburg. That was the the all-time high, and, and yesterday it actually hit 104. So that gives you an idea of how much higher than normal these temperatures are. They're really sweltering. And having been in Palm Springs in the summer, it gets hot. But when it gets to 116 and 118, you cannot carry a candy bar from the grocery store to the car. It will melt in about 15 seconds. It is. It gets very, very hot. So lots of climate change going on and a lot of people struggling with with the effects of that. But on the science side, I have something really interesting to share with you. Uh, they've done genetic analysis of mummies, the DNA of mummies, and they've discovered that the ancient Egyptians are closely related to Middle East- Easterners and not Central Africans. So they're saying now that the tombs of ancient Egypt have yielded uh, all kinds of treasures, as, as you well know. Uh, collars made of gold and statues made of gold and bracelets made of ivory, but now they're calling this other treasure, human DNA, uh, it to be perhaps the greatest find of all because now they are gathering sweeping genomic uh, information from the Egyptian mummies. They've finally done it. I wondered when that was going to happen. They've probably been doing it for some time. But this report says that uh, this, uh, these studies reveal that mummies were related to ancient Middle Easterners and uh, that they are probably have a different uh, genetic descent um, from northern Africans uh, and people that's south of the Sahara Desert. Because the findings show that the mummies' closest kin were ancient farmers from a region that includes present-day Israel and Jordan. And modern Egyptians, by contrast, have inherited more of their DNA from Central Africans. So they're making that distinction. Uh, Egyptians today have more African DNA than the ancient Egyptians who had uh, Israeli and Jordan, which wasn't Israel, but present-day Israel and Jordanian DNA. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what else they're going to find out about those mummies. Well, hey, do any of you guys watch uh, HGTV and some of those tiny house programs? Well, the tiny house, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people have done that at some point. Well, the tiny house fad is now hitting Detroit. Um, there's a demand for tiny homes that's been, they say, sweeping all across the nation. But what's spurring that is the high cost of owning houses and the desire to live simpler lives with less stuff. Now, in Detroit, the fad is serving a different purpose. In Detroit, Michigan, tiny houses are seen as an opportunity for low-income residents to become homeowners. 
So uh, something called the CAS Community Social Services is a local project that tries to help rebuild the metro area of Detroit uh, since it uh, became the largest U.S. city to file for bankruptcy just a few years ago. And this nonprofit organization bought 25 vacant lots from the city for $15,000 total. 25 lots for $15,000. And what they're going to do is they're going to spend, they say, $40,000 to $50,000 building a tiny home on each lot with the help of volunteers. Now, these little tiny homes will range from 250 square feet to maybe 400 square feet. But the cramped quarters aren't a turnoff to hundreds of low-income earners who have already applied to live in the seven tiny homes or houses that are already built. So there you go. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you know how scientific studies are all over the place. Butter's bad for you. Margarine's better. Margarine's bad for you. Butter's better. Eggs aren't good for you. Eggs are good for you. So now there's a new one. And it's a study about coffee. And uh, to my knowledge, uh, I, I think maybe the more popular studies that people refer to are that co- coffee isn't too good for you. Well, this is a study which now says that four cups of coffee a day can decrease your chances of an early death. It says that uh, they researched 20,000 middle-aged men and women and found that those who drank coffee regularly had mortality rates two-thirds lower than non-coffee drinkers. And previous studies have found that coffee improves liver function, uh, it reduces inflammation, and it boosts the immune system. Now, I've read studies to the contrary, but that's what this says. And it says that coffee drinking, four cups or more, can reduce the chance of early death from all causes by as much as two-thirds. And they say that every extra two cups are associated with a 22% drop in mortality rising to 30% among older patients in the study. So those drinking six, uh, four cups of coffee a day had a 64% lower death rate compared with those who never consume coffee. Mm. So if you like mm. coffee, there's your reason. <laughs> Enjoy, <laughs> yeah. take away. Makes you me wonder Starbuck who funded it. Yeah, you know, you just makes, don't know. You just don't. Makes you wonder right, who funded Ariel. the study. Absolutely. Now, that they don't say, so that's why I say read with a grain of salt. But anyway, uh, actually, I kind of like that article because I happen to like coffee. But, you know, there it is. You just never know. You're right, though. It's uh, follow the money. Right, Ariel? That's what you have to Mm -hmm. do. Well, here's an article that I'm going to share with you that has no, as far as I can tell, no uh, alliances with money. I think it's a very straightforward article and it's uh, really important. It it, uh, really raised my awareness, something I never thought about. I got this out of a little newsletter that I subscribe to called the Hightower Lowdown, and uh, it really interesting reporting. And the article is titled, Our Ravenous Appetite Turns Humble Sand into an Endangered Natural Treasure. Sand. Now, the article says that perhaps you've seen brilliant white sand dunes of New Mexico, visited the unique sand hills of Nebraska, or frolicked on one of our country's beautiful sand beaches. But have you ever seen the sand mountains of Manhattan? And you stop there and you wonder what in the world he's talking about. Well, practically every skyscraper in every one of the world's cities is essentially made of sand, as are nearly all shopping malls, condo complexes, office towers, 
parking garages, airport terminals, dams, and other large structures. America builds with concrete, got billions of tons of it, and concrete, in case anybody should ask you, is nothing but sand mixed with a bit of gravel and water and bound together with a few other ingredients. Now, in addition, every glass window in every structure is made of melted sand. There's also the vast network of urban transportation routes, the millions of miles of highways, tunnels, streets, subways, sidewalks, airport runways, all made of asphalt or concrete that's comprised of sand. And additional mountains of sand are poured into constructing millions of homes. A typical American house requires that more than a hundred tons of sand. And it's more than 200 tons if you add the street that goes in front of the house. But wait, <laughs> as they say on late night TV, there's more. There are two <laughs> other huge sand hogs that are loose on the planet and devouring ever-increasing volumes of this precious resource. Would you believe it? Beaches. What? <laughs> Hauling sand to beaches seems somewhere between ironic and insane. But sandy shores have to have sand hauled in. Why? Because wind and water are constantly shifting and eroding them, and a big storm decimates whole stretches of beaches. Nature happens, but uh, people happen too, and they're building on the shores of these beaches around the world and in America. They develop this land. They put up multi-million dollar mansions and condos and resorts right up on the beach, and when their sand, quote, unquote, their sand disappears, then the wealthy owners demand that state and national governments replace it. So that's what the politicians do. They have to bring in the sand, uh, uh, train loads of it, uh, to replace sand that's been eroded. And then another thing that we don't think about is fracking. Uh, Big oil and gas are voracious users of sand to fracture. They, uh, they use sand uh, to break up the rock and to extract the gas. And the bottom line is we humans are using more sand today than any other natural resource besides water. And we are running out of usable sand. And it's not just in the United States. In China, the Yangtze River is the water source for 24 million people in Shanghai. That's China's enormous financial center. Now, in the past two decades, a population explosion that has added 7 million new residents has been accompanied, naturally, by a building boom. And in just 10 years, more gleaming skyscrapers have been erected in Shanghai than than there are in all of New York City, along with millions of new houses, hotels, and other structures. And to build them, so much sand has been taken from the Yangtze that uh, the stripping of the sand uh, caused bridges to be undermined. Um, it has caused riverbanks to collapse. It has been a natural disaster uh, for the Yangtze River. It's disrupted the ecosystem. Uh, the plunderers have not stopped. Uh, throughout China, they are continuing to take sand out of their rivers. It's just creating an environmental catastrophe all throughout China and all parts of the world. And uh, 
you know, uh, sand is not something that the media or politicians or maybe environmental organizations or even people such as ourselves ever think about. You know, we think of sand as being invaluable and uh, finite and uh, or we don't think of it as being invaluable and finite, but it is because it's a fast disappearing resource. And they say it's an essential balancing force in Earth's ecology. It really is the building block for all of us. And so this article says that we can't afford to allow moneyed people and profiteers to keep plundering sand. It once seemed as if the planet had such balanced supplies of oil, water, trees, land, and sand. But it's time to find alternatives and to get smarter about how we use our, our resources and also about how we use our sand. You know, you look around sometimes in the city. It's concrete everywhere. And you wonder, my gosh, concrete covers everything. Well, the article goes on to talk about, in uh, factual points, just how much sand it is. It describes uh, in one fracking incident uh, or fracking operation, uh, it took a a, a hundred-car train, a train with a hundred cars behind it, to haul sand uh, that went for one mile uh, to frack one well. A hundred cars, a mile long, full of sand to frack one well. And there are thousands of these wells, maybe more. So, mm, you know, something to think about. So they are pointing out that um, there are communities at risk uh, in the future for these sand extraction companies to be coming into these communities. And I wanted to let you know that the sand industry is looking to extract sand in new states, uh, Illinois, uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia, as well as uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Did I already say those? No. <clears throat> so anyway, they may be coming to your area, but they are devastating uh, the environment as they go. Um, there have been a lot of, um, uh, uh, what do I want to say, dissidents, activists, uh, who have shown up when they've been extracting sand off of the beaches, uh, getting it out of the ocean. Uh, local um, uh, objectors have showed up. They call them the defiant locals uh, that would uh, carry bags of sand that they purchased from the very company that was extracting it from the ocean. Uh, the locals would buy the bags of sand and go back in a line and dump the sand back into the ocean as a protest. Um, it is undermining even the uh, ecology of the ocean. They're taking so much sand out. So anyway, had you ever thought of that, Ariel? It never crossed my mind you know, once. Mine either, but it's it's so important to know. I mean, goodness sakes, whoever thinks of anything like that. It just gives pause as to how much we consume and uh, what the cost is to the planet. Uh, Just something to really think about. And uh, I don't advocate that everybody lives in a tiny house, but, you know, I do advocate that we really think about doing with less and minimizing our impact in a responsible way. Who doesn't want that? So anyway, that's it for tonight's news. It's going to be a great show. I'm glad everybody's back. (laughs) <laughs> I wish you all the most yeah. beautiful week from my heart to yours. And, and as you would also ask, Ariel, let us send emerald light, healing light to all of those in areas of the world and in our own country who are suffering so terribly right now and see what we can do to help energetically and love-wise at the very least. 
I agree. I know you do. Well, thank you. <laughs> and thank you so much for bringing us the news, Anastasia. So great to hear from you. And uh, you do a great job. I get a lot of compliments, so just wanted to say that. So um, thank you so much, Anastasia. And we are going to now um, go to Lavendar and our guest, Molly McCord. So let me... Um, let me get these microphones open. We got a lot of people on the switchboard tonight. Whoa. Okay, so I'd say get Molly's mic open and Lavendor's mic open. Okay. Molly, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I love the show. I've been a longtime listener, so it's such a gift to be here and to speak with you and to connect with the listeners. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And Lavendor, are you ready to go? I'm here. Hello, okay. Molly, and I'm so take happy away. to have you on our show. And when I read your bio, I said consciousness catalyst. I love that that concept. I, I'm so glad that you're using it. Consciouscoolchick.com. I haven't looked at your website, but I'm definitely going to now. So welcome, my my friend, and tell us where where are you located now? Are you in Texas? I hope not. Thank you. No, I'm not. In fact, I'm in Florida. Um, we actually had uh, the hurricane uh, fear last year when I moved here, um, but I'm on the Atlantic coast of Florida, Cape Canaveral, and loving the sun. So it's, okay, it's nice to settle great. in here. So tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about your radio show. I noticed that you have a radio show once a week. I started the radio show about five years ago, and it's evolved in that time. Uh, the library of topics is still available, any, all kinds of spiritual topics, starseed, empath, lightworker, consciousness stuff. And now I focus mostly on astrology topics every week because I get excited to talk about astrology and what's going on, knowing that it helps people understand what's going on. So the show is um, it's a joy. It's every Wednesday, and it, it's just another way to help people understand their journeys more and how do they find that show what what is um, the website it's, right, it's here on blog talk radio as well it's um blogtalkradio.com slash molly mccord and then under on my website it's underneath the astrology section right as well do you have anything special that you want to tell us that you discovered about the eclipse it was a whammy, <laughs> but it was such a heart-opening eclipse for all of us to be more confident, stronger, courageous, bold. You know, all that Leo energy is meant to help invigorate us, to move forward, um, to trust ourselves more. Um, I feel like it also really ignited anything that's in your heart that you're done with, that you're complete with, that you have to say farewell to so you can open up your heart space um, for more that calls to you. So I think we're going to be working with that energy for at least another month or so. Um, yeah, with, I kind of feel planets. like that it's going to resonate uh, all the way up to our Pleiadian lineup in November. And then yes. a three-and-a-half-year pattern, I think, is being uh, implemented through the blueprint of consciousness on leadership. It, it, it To me, I'm looking at the the codes of of uh, secret places of the lion, the regulus, 29 degrees, and yes. thinking of, of the bloodlines that are rising and standing up for truth and standing up for the leadership of, of, their, of their passion. I think passion is going to be uh, more emphasized in people. You know, you, you see a lot of people walking around looking at their phones and they're just kind of zombie dead. 
I think that Thank the clips you. may be um, turning that around somehow, invigorating people to, to maybe put down their phones and, and have more conscious uh, conversations with people directly instead of through gadgets. What do you think about that? Oh, that feels so strong, especially um, looking at how we can connect with each other um, through our, our hearts and our passions and support each other. I think even though Hurricane Harvey has been very difficult and traumatic, these are also heart openings on the planet where we do realize we can help one another, we can support each other. You know, what can I do to give, to help? And and I feel like it's it's uniting too, and I, I agree with you, Lavendar, that we're going to be feeling the effects of this until the Pleiadian light up because there's something about our planet that's really ready right now to take these steps forward um, in, into these new energy paradigms. I wanted to shift uh, your, the questions a little bit and ask you about your personal life. When did you become aware of your uh, intuitive uh, faculties, or did you have an early childhood where you were open and then had to shut down and then reopen later as an adult? Tell us a little bit about your spiritual awakening. Oh, that's a great way to describe it because I was always very sensitive and, and could sense energies and other people's feelings and how to take care of them or how to support them. And then, um, of course, I came into the real world with the harsh realities of what that means to be so open. And so, you know, out of survival, out of necessity, and, and probably even out of being smart, I uh, shut down some of that. And I started opening back up to the spiritual gifts and the intuition um, I would say around 2000, 2001, 2002 in there. Um, I think it started before then, but that's when I consciously remember being more aware of messages and understanding. I remember I started channeling um, a little bit after that. I would just write down. I would ask a question and listen and write down what I heard. Um, I, I just felt I couldn't get enough of this information, and so I was exploring as much as I could. And I would wander into the bookstore and go to the New Age section and you know, maybe even be a little bit embarrassed if someone saw me picking up certain books. But I was so curious. And I trusted that curiosity uh, to guide me forward that there was something here. And even if I couldn't use it right now, I could use it at some point. So I just learned to embrace uh, my intuition, my empath abilities, the channeling. Um, I've been studying astrology for 25 years, always been a passion, a wonderful gift for helping other people understand their gifts. And I feel like it's amazing to find communities such as Starseed Radio and others that really help people understand that we are meant to activate these gifts. We are meant to feel them and to trust them and to honor them. And that can be hard at times, but you're meant to do that. You are supported in doing that. And and I hope, you know, that's what I really love about the spiritual awakening process is that we discover that we really came here with everything we need. Um, and it, it's quite miraculous to feel that. I wanted to ask you, uh, since uh, you've been listening to our show and, and we've, you and I have had sessions together, are you finding more and more starseeds coming to you that have these 25, 26, and 27-degree planets in their charts? I am. It's so cool, and, and I get, I feel this excitement for them that they're ready, you know, that they arrive because they're ready for that next level of information or initiation on their path. And it's pretty cool how this is a time of more people really 
getting being activated with the energies and then they're really confused at first. They don't know what to do with it. Maybe it sounds weird and then it sounds like home. Yeah. And then they relax into it. Yeah. So oh, yes, you, I have. Yeah, you really worded that well. I, I wanted to ask you also about um your E T experiences. Have you had anything that you would like to share with us? Um, I've had a few and it's interesting because I think I get, I'll be honest with you, I get very mental about it. I get very logical. But then when I go into my emotional sense around it, it feels really comforting and almost as if, of course, this was a, another worldly being. Of course, this was a visitor. Of course, this was a divine message that I was meant to feel and receive. Um, so I have found that... It is exciting and always intriguing to have these ET connections. Um, I'm trying to think of ones. They usually happen in my sleep. Um, they they happen when I'm very relaxed and in my dreams, you know, lucid dreams and, and um, all kinds of travel. But um, it's it's an exciting thing to realize that we are connecting with these energies. Do you ever dream that you're flying, that you can jump on a on a post and take off? Sometimes, yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's a great dream. <laughs> it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't feel fearful either. It feels invigorating. Now, you you wrote the unlimited sparks of a bonfire, and you were starting to introduce the world to soul imprints. Can you tell us and explain to us what you mean by soul imprints? Absolutely, soul imprints, as I receive them as an understanding, is an energy in our energy field that we have similar to, if you think of your skin uh, having a tattoo or having a stamp on it, it's an imprint of energy. And because our energy is so big and so vast, there are many of these imprints, soul imprints, that we collect and experience from different lifetimes, different reincarnations, and they are the full spectrum of energies. You know, we, we can carry the deep, deep fear, and we can carry the grand, huge love. And these soul imprints are meant to help us heal all energies back to their original expression of love. And that's the grand love. That's God love, universal love, all that is. And because energy never dies in every lifetime, we work with these different soul imprints to heal them back to love and, and to return them to that pure state And it's also fascinating how, you know, none of these imprints are our identity because we are these vessels of energy. Um, We are experiencing these energies. We are not these energies. We we are the I am energy. We are the the God in uh, physical form energy. So soul prints are sort of these little places of energies that we are able to consciously work with to to remember our own power and our own connection to God, our own connection to each other. And I find it to be comforting, um, and, I, and I hope that it comforts people to know that we have the ability to, to heal the soul energy back to love uh, as, as we see fit and as we are ready to. You know what I just – I was closing my eyes and listening to what you were saying, and all of a sudden – I saw lifetime after lifetime, and stacked upon stack of these lifetimes was the astrology chart of each person, mm. and that mm-hmm. was the 
that was the sole imprint they were carrying from lifetime to lifetime. And if they hadn't worked out the things on one chart, then the next lifetime they would pick it up and, and run with it. That's what I was seeing as you were talking. That is brilliant. I just got chills. So I'm going to say yes. I think that feels amazing because astrology is such a great tool for understanding our energies. Um, I, I love that, Lavendar. Thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful what gift to understand about, okay, it. Let's take it a step further. Now, how, how do we choose the bloodlines to, to empower the soul imprints? That's a question. That is a question. And I feel that that is almost a sense of the, the soul chooses what it's ready for and what it also can, can accomplish at a certain energy level, at a certain level of consciousness. I mean, you look at how our planet has evolved, and there's only certain things you could get done at certain times in history. And this time in history, we can do more with the bloodlines. We can heal more. I think that's also why there's so many people on the planet. Um, there's a sense of, okay, we're here for this. We're, we're, we want to you know, accomplish this mission and get some things healed. So um, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I feel like there's a sense of um, the timing yeah. and the sense that I, I, I volunteer, I want to contribute to this mission, and it's because there is a higher consciousness and, and more energies on the planet to be successful than ever before. Let me ask you, in your um, consulting work, are you finding a lot of uh, people that were born after 1980 starting to find you? That's what I'm finding about 50% of our clients that are coming now seem to be born after 1980. And when I was um, coached by several ETs to take my high strangeness stories and put them in a bank vault, I couldn't release them until after the kids were up and grown that were born after right. 1980. So I was just curious. Oh, that's fascinating. That, that group showing up for you also. I have some, yes. And I actually work a lot with um, women in their 40s and 50s. And I look at that as where um, Pluto was at that time, um, mostly in, I don't have the ephemeris in front of me, but I work with a lot of women in their 40s and 50s, and then I kind of do a jump to some of the younger um, individuals who are ready for the next level of energies they're bringing in. So it, it is interesting to look at how there's different ages of people that are just ready for different parts of their own path right. or their own mission. Well, you know, when Pluto Pluto went into Scorpio, uh, the day that it went into Scorpio was the day that I got on an airplane and flew to Cairo, Egypt, and had my experiences with the Pleiadians. Wow. Yeah. So we we look at Pluto and Scorpio all those years is really bringing up the um, the wisdom of the ancients and yes. people wanting to get more uh, metaphysically inclined. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that desire to really investigate and go deeper and get to the heart of it, the wisdom, the truth, the, you know, the undercover truth. Um, yeah, what, what's down in the Egyptian tombs truth? <laughs> yeah, right. So the unlimited sparks of a bonfire is composed of seven different soul stories. And how did this collection of characters and their adventures come to you? Well, it's interesting because this book is, uh, like you said, a collection of seven different soul stories, seven different incarnations in different locations. Um, they are One is in France, one is in St. Petersburg, Russia, um, one's in an African savanna, Japan, Hawaii, 
Egypt, and then uh, in the desert, a desert bonfire. And each of these stories came to me over a few years before I even knew what to do with the information. I just felt these little stories coming through, and I would first feel the energy of a visitor. So, for example, um, the story in Japan is about solitude, and I felt the energy of this man, in J- a Japanese man, and um, it's like he came to me when I was ready to really listen, and I would just listen and type out his story and maybe make notes or tap into the feeling of it or, or just kind of see what was going on there. And then I would do that for the next character, uh, the next adventure. It was very... I was very receptive. I had no control over it, which a part of me didn't really always like because I was thinking, what am I supposed to do with this? What's this going to be? So it was a very receptive experience and process to meet these individuals and hear these different lifetimes and, and what they learned in each lifetime, what the experience was, what they were learning. And I found that um, they really felt that their experiences would help many people, that it was like they were each an archetype of a past life or of a reincarnation. So the gentleman in in Japan, well, that is about healing anger. And he was locked away in this um, prison underneath his uh, wife's geisha house, and he used to be a warrior prince. And, and so his story is about um, being locked away and how he was really working with his own inner feelings of, of anger and then forgiveness, as well as the shadow energies that come up as a result of that. So it was the sense of this energy, this story can help people if they want it, if they're willing to um, open up to that part of themselves. And I felt like I was just that conduit or just that messenger who was putting together these these stories to share. So tell me about the one in Hawaii that intrigues me. So the Hawaii story is about a very happy, joyful lifetime overall. And it's really about love and abundance. And we can forget that we have that in our energy field. You know, we get so focused on healing or karma or forgiveness that we forget that we have plenty of love, uh, abundance, and, and joy within ourselves. And we have to activate it. We have to say that we want to activate it. So this story in Hawaii was about healing that through uh, divine feminine energy and, and heart consciousness, and also um, this the the ho I always I always stumble a little bit, but the Ho'oponopono prayer of ultimate forgiveness and ultimate release. Um, this is this is a story that really is meant to open up the heart chakra. It's meant to help you forgive people. It's it's meant to help free you from anything that you're carrying that you really don't want to carry. Um so so the Hawaii chapter is really all about the heart. Wow. The the individual chapters that take place at various locations all over the planet. Do you believe these locations hold spe- special messages for us? I do. And as you just said about Egypt, well, we know Egypt is a very important place on the planet. Um, There's one story about um, spiritual independence in Egypt and and stepping into greater personal power um, and and healing family soul contracts. That alone is, those are huge topics, but I feel Egypt, you know, is powerful. Um, Japan, of course, is powerful. France, 
um, I, I feel that each of these locations is activating uh, something that is ready to come forth, and, and it's and, and I actually would love to hear what you think about that, Lavendar, because I feel like um, you know points on the planet. We know every po- point has different energy fields, um, but I feel like we're ready to make more of those connections because wherever we each are on the planet is where we are activating and bringing energy to that space as well. It's that give and take between us and the earth and us and and the planet. So it's important to know that every place on the planet is supporting us, but we are also supporting it with our own our own energy. Did you have anything you want to say about those locations? I, I think that there's some power places that uh, – for some reason we keep going back to because we've had high spiritual experiences, whether it be Native Americans or tribal or uh, who who knows why the crystal grid shows up in, in certain places and makes things happen. But I think that these these vortexes and these energy spots on the planet are, are spinning and, and somehow drawing certain kinds of bloodlines and star seeds to some of these places. I mean, look how many... Uh, sacred site tours go on now, year after year right. after year. I mean, they started back in the 80s, but nothing like you see now. It's like there's, it's almost an epidemic of sacred site tours. <laughs> it's like yes. everybody's wanting to, to get in on being at some special place for a, for a special reason. Do you find that to be so? Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think um, that is, it comes down to intention, you know, with anyone's travels anywhere and, and where they, um, if if they're intending to really connect with the energy or power of a location or if they're intending to just go somewhere and take a pretty picture to put on Instagram, um, it always comes down to intention. And so the more that we're aware of these different spots and, and, and the power of them, I think they can really support us on our, on our spiritual path and understanding more about the earth and uh, the energies that are available for us to work with. One of the things that I've noticed about these tours is is that someone will wake up and go, "Oh, I need to go to Egypt." And then and then somebody else will go, "Oh, I need to go to Egypt." And then pretty soon it's like there's a collective consciousness that happens in the sleep state and all of a sudden certain people are it's like they're beeping and other people are beeping and their beep beep beeps are coming together so that they can go to these sacred sites together and have experiences together. But maybe it was all planned in the ethers before they ever knew consciously that they were going. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it does because it also could be overwhelming. Um, You know, if you were to have some kind of big epiphany or big experience at these places, it it could be overwhelming (laughs) if you knew too much in advance. So, um, I I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So. Uh, every chapter is followed by spiritual teachings to highlight the main themes and energies in each soul story. There's a bi- wide breadth of information for people to understand and set with. How did this information come to you, and was it planned to be so intensive? This was really interesting to write this book because it was it, it's so different than other books out there. Um, it reads like a like short stories. Uh, that are, you know, fiction, and then it's followed by these spiritual teachings uh, that I feel are uh, are powerful and, and help people. And I felt like it was, um, again, trusting spirit's guidance on this book because 
I don't think that was my idea. Again, it was something that came through me as a way to help people really understand the energy in a story so they can up, take that information and apply it to their own lives and understand the energy of the stories in their lives. Uh, for example, the first chapter is set in France, and it's about a relationship uh, where the main female experiences betrayal and abandonment. And our human minds look at that and say, oh, I know this story, or oh, I understand what's going on, or you know, we, we read the story and we take it at just what's on the page. But what's really important is getting deeper into the energy of the story and looking at the soul contracts, uh, looking at how every relationship uh, is a connection with God, God energy, uh, whatever that means to you, and how you can take ownership over that and, and your feelings or your beliefs around that, uh, what to do if you are meeting an unfinished soulmate energy in this lifetime. It's that person you see across the room and you you just know them and, and you have a conversation with them and you can be so confused. Well, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, if it's an unfinished soulmate energy, you have many powerful choices around what to do with it in this lifetime. So I felt like adding the spiritual teachings after each chapter can really make the stories come alive and also move people ahead on their path. And that's really what I was hoping to do. That was one of my driving intentions with this book is to just know that you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to be spinning in this. Um, maybe the guidance at the end is exactly what you needed to understand. So I feel that what we're really opening up to um, as we all evolve here and we all can move ahead on our spiritual path is understanding um, that the answers are here in this lifetime more than they've ever been. And you have more information available to you consciously than ever before. And I... I hope that is what these chapters um, bring together for people um, to understand more about their own path. And I think that's exactly what will happen when they read it. Now, your final chapter talks about the galactic energies of the stars and beyond. How did that chapter come to you, and where was it located? So this was in New Mexico, um, outside of Las Cruces, <laughs> is um I'm remembering correctly, and it, this this last chapter uh, is is me walking through the desert, um, hiking with some family members, and I went off on my own, and I all of a sudden felt this being just walking with me, and he was so clear, and I just was listening and listening, and he was giving me these visuals, and he was giving me this information, and again, I, I it, it was that night that I understood. I was supposed to write it all down and put it as the final chapter in this book. And the visuals I got, I mean, I just, I don't want to give too much away because I feel like the final chapter um, can really bring some things home for people. But the final chapter is shows you that connection between how we are all parts of the bigger galaxy of energies and that we are really taking pieces of the whole that need to be healed and we are doing that individually. And we are powerful when we do that. And we are blessed and we are guided and we are loved for doing that. And so the last chapter brings together one of those 
understandings uh, to help people see that you are part of something so much bigger and you're a very necessary part of, of the galaxy and the cosmos. So you wrote this many years ago, but you held on to it, and now you've decided to come out with it. Why now? Uh, well, as you can understand, Lavendar, the timing, trusting the timing of something and that it's the right time to share it, it's the right time um, for people to receive it. I, I didn't um, – it's interesting. I, I've written many books, and I share them and put them out there, and this one has always felt really – precious to me in the sense that I want the right people to connect with it who are ready. And because of that, you, you don't want to just toss it out into the wind. Um, I, I feel like it's a very intentional book that can help the right people. And I honestly didn't know how or when it would come out until I um, thought of you and thought, well, I think this would connect with Lavendar and, and all the wonderful Starseed listeners because I think that we are the leaders, you know, as you said, uh, in relationship to the eclipse that just happened last week, you know, we're stepping into new leadership, and that's energy leadership, um, different forms of leadership, uh, soul leadership, uh, twin flame leadership. So th- this book has that vibration. It's meant to be for people who are there, who are ready, and, and who are looking for um, maybe some support with, with what they're experiencing right now. You know what I can see with this? I can see it like a mini-series on television about your stories. Can't you see that? Great. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> yep. I think it's very visual. I, would, yeah. I think that's that would be amazing um, to people for, to experience the multisensory of it. Um, that would be – I love that. That would be fantastic. I, we and, have several uh, screenwriters that would love the chance at working with this, so – We've we've collected a, a large group over these seven years that we've been on the air, eight, eight years, I guess now, that we've been on the air, and uh, a lot of people are in the entertainment field. So we're just kind of waiting for the right time to bring everything together with money, of course, to make it right. all happen. And that, that's coming yeah. fruition, we feel. So keep in contact with us because I can really see this happening, and we want to help you. And I'm it. actually – in uh, touch with a Hollywood producer um, who has been interested in my books in, as a movie, um, including this one, in whatever form that might take. So there's some pieces, you know, coming together that that could make this a really, you know, in, effective um, effective stories for many people. So I will definitely hold the intention that we're gonna that something amazing will come together and, and be manifested. I think it's great that you're doing this work. I'm just so proud of what you've done already. What are some of the other books that you've written? Um, I've written a few with channeling messages. Uh, One is uh, Conscious Thoughts. uh, is also some soul stories and affirmations. And then Conscious Messages. These are all channeled messages that I received starting in 2008 uh, that, again, I was just writing and and finally put together in a book and released. Um, So those are all about helping people come back to center with who they are as a spiritual being in a human body. Uh, Your Awakening Self is another book along those lines that talks about some of the stuff we go through, you know, the self-judgment and how do you stay in integrity and honoring where people are at and honoring where you're at. All of those um, are meant to be helpful for people. Um, I did write a spiritual memoir 
uh, called The Art of Trapeze, which is about my adventures of uh, moving to Paris um, over 10 years ago now. I went to grad school in Paris, and I lived there for two years, and I put it into the context of spiritual growth and, and what I learned about experiencing a dream, the fulfillment of it, and the release of it. Because uh, being able to release something is part of our human experience. We, we have to let things go. We have to let a dream be fulfilled and completed so that we can step forward into the next energy. Um, and then I also have written a guidebook to Paris because uh, I just learned so much about Paris that I thought I need to put this into a book <laughs> so that I can uh, share the insider tips with people. Um, so those are a few of the books, and I have more in the works because I just can't stop writing. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about your uh, business training website. Oh, I'm so excited to go into doing this more formally, the business training. That's because um, my my background is in business, development, sales, marketing, communications. I've done email marketing for lists of 8 million people. Uh, I've done all kinds of different sales and, and marketing for 20 years, 20 years of experience. And now I want to help uh, more entrepreneurs, healers, and artists get out there more, but with a solid foundation. And my approach is practical. My approach is not about the hustle. It's not about doing everything fast. It's about realistic growth so that your business is strong and you feel that you've got it covered and you can handle the finances. You can handle taxes. You can handle expenses. But you also know how to uh, generate sales and, and how to share your, your gifts with more people. So um, that's really where I've been called forward uh, this year. It's so clear in my astrology chart, so I just got to go with what the astrology says and, and, and move on to the next phase here. That's great. So um, I would like to share you with our co-host, Ariel, right now, if you'd be willing to be on the air to talk to uh, some of our clients. Would that be okay with you? Sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. So back to you, Ariel. Thank you, Molly. We'll talk later, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Lavendar. Yes. Okay. Well, um, this is just such a wonderful um, expression of you putting forward all of your gifts, especially to help other people with their gifts. That is so needed at this time. I can't tell you oh, how many exciting. how many clients that that have spiritual gifts and different types of healing and alternative mm-hmm. um, technologies, uh, counseling, all and but as is true with most creative. Um, spiritual kind of people, they don't have a really good sense of business. So that's been a yes. missing piece for a lot of people. So this is so timely, and, and I'm sure um, that this is going to really take off for you. So um, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we have um, quite a few callers with, with questions and comments for you. So let's just get into that so we can okay. uh, hopefully get through everybody's. Um, so we are going to start um, with Mary. I'm going to get your mic open here. Okay, Mary, you're on the air with Molly McCord. Go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Molly. Thank Hi, you for Mary. taking my call. Hey, so 
Because you're a business expert, I thought that I would ask you a question about my career and where you see it heading. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what do you do, like with your, specifically with your career? I work at a nonprofit, and I'm currently in development. And is that something that calls to your heart, or is that something you're stuck in? I think it's more practical, but, you know, there are aspects of what I do that do call to my heart. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of how I work is by either looking at an astrology chart, um, because that's my one of my portals. That's how I see it, is I tap into what the astrology says to get an idea of, of your energy. And so without that, I I don't want to um overstep or or you know be wrong for you or give you wrong advice. Um I guess what I feel for you is just looking at okay, the practical element of money and and everything is essential for us. Um but do you need to expand it somehow and make sure that you're working on projects that are best for your talents? Um or you know, is it is it time to take a next step into something else? Um you know, all of that is, is pretty big, and it's what a lot of people are actually being called to do right now is to make sure that they're staying fresh in their energy, um, to not sink, you know, to not feel like you have on the golden handcuffs that um, are, are keeping you tethered to something that you've outgrown. So um, I guess what I'm just feeling um, for you, Mary, is just to really do that check-in for yourself and say, okay, is this really how I am serving my gifts? best or is this um am i ready for for something new something fresh to come in mm-hmm. yeah well i feel as though i'm ready for something fresh to come in mhm mhm yeah but it's um still a new job for me i've only been there for 5 months and so that's why i hesitate you hesitate leaving yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would best be able to help you through uh, an astrology session um, or just being able to tune in through that way. Um, so I, I feel like um, what, you're, what you're sensing, you should trust what you're sensing, and you should also trust the fact that um, your responsibility is to yourself. So looking at that and seeing um, if, if there's anything there for you to explore. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, and I think I, I ought to... Um, um, define or qualify that um Molly is is not doing um psychic readings at this time right but a question about how to go about you know a business plan or something like that um would be what we're what we'd be able to help you with so we are going to talk to Teresa next okay. hi Molly Teresa. how are you hi Teresa hi, I'm good how, how are you doing Fine, thanks. You know, I I did have a question regarding my career, and I'm going to be making a move somehow. It just there's a lot of red flags in it, and um, 
I think that I need to move on. And um, I've reached out to an employer that I worked for previously to see if um, I could possibly go back. Not really what I want to do, but I have to make money um, and pay the bills. But at the same time, I got a message from my guidance last weekend that told me I need to to create a business card and that I and I've been told this over and over that I need to be able or I need to start doing readings for people. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead with what they told me and I created my business card. I ordered them and I just don't, you know, I'm I'm like I'm not one to be on Facebook. But they tell me that I don't need to do that to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you? Are there any platforms that you are comfortable being on? Um, whether that is doing something publicly, like a podcast or YouTube video. Um, you don't have to be uh, like physically on the sh- in the video, but is there is there a way that you feel most comfortable sharing your messages and sharing your gifts? That's a good question. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I mean, I, I've done mess. I've done readings for for friends over the yeah. years and for family, but I've never really, you know, done it outside of that. Okay. And it's normal to need time to warm up to any kind of new medium, whether that is a podcast or a video or, or, or something. Um, but what I think it does is it also gives you greater confidence. Anything that helps with your speaking, helps with public speaking, helps with sharing information, um, you know, it is a, it's teaching. You know, it's sharing information for people to digest and, and consume and use. So I would start small. And start small with something easy uh, that you don't have to make public. You can do something on YouTube and make it private. You can do um, a podcast and have a few people listen and not make it public. Take some baby steps. uh, And as you do that, the energy grows and you get more momentum and you feel the confidence because that's what it comes down to. It's always a confidence game around owning our gifts. And it could Mm -hmm. be that you... You know, you go over this hurdle, and you feel, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can, I can start doing this. Um, I do let you know, like to let people know. Okay, Mercury's retrograde, which is a great time for reviewing and practicing and getting clear about what you want to do. But if you're feeling that push, Teresa, it's important to trust that right now because the energy is moving really fast. And a big theme this year is to trust those pushes because it's almost like our angels and our guides are right at our back just, you know, pushing us forward with love. You know, it's a love nudge, but they're meant to help you take this next step. And don't get too stuck in your mind about it. Don't overthink it because that's where we can get a lot of our blocks. Um, well, if you're that, called, that just that, that made me confused. The the to do a podcast. What what made you confused? That, that made me con. That really, I'm like, what? That threw me off to do a podcast readings. Do a well, I don't do readings for if do a podcast of readings for people. Yeah, it's similar to this format. Uh, where someone can uh-huh. call in or you can have a conversation with somebody um, and then make it public for other people to listen to. Okay. 
Okay. So it's 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 looking at that way. I mean, there's other ways you can do it if you wanted to just have a, a community of people, a membership group. Um, you know, it, it does depend on what your intention is and the types of people you want to reach. Um, right. Do you want to reach a lot of people or do you want to just reach a few people right now? Uh, so right. there's many ways to do it that can feel easier, smoother, and more graceful. And yet it is about taking some steps forward so that you do know that your gifts are honored and, and needed by other people. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's often the anticipation is worse than the reality. It could just be that sense of what's it going to look like, what's it going to be. Um, but it's uh, if you need to research, do that. Um, but just take some steps forward with it, however small they might be. And I think that's going to help you along with, with how, to share, how to share this next. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Molly. Thanks. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Um, our next caller is named Lisa. I'm get the mic open here. Hi, Lisa. You're on the air with Molly. Hi. Hi, Lisa. Go ahead with your, Hi. Go ahead with your question. Oh, okay. So I just had a quick question. Um, do you have any idea when it might be possible for me to completely retire? Um, I work a little bit part-time, but um, I was wondering if you see that in a time frame period coming up for me, so I can completely retire. I usually um, look at these questions for uh, from the astrology chart, so that um, is a bit out of my realms. Um, I, I'm not a psychic reader. Um, I'm more of that person who can either look at your astrology chart and help you with that timing, or um, you know help with the guidance on a business path. So. Um, if if you want to do an astrology or even if you know your chart right now, you know, we could do that. But um, I guess I'm I'm sorry to disappoint listeners if you're expecting um, the psychic stuff because that really isn't my forte. That's not my strength. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want to mislead you and I don't want to give you wrong information. Um, I think it's impo- I think it's important to say, um, you know, that's not what I do <laughs> so that, you know, um, you're not getting bad so information. So is there a way I could phrase it just, you know, is retirement and, you know, possible, that kind of thing? I mean, that's a business question, you know, so I don't know. I don't like that. So I look at that with the astrology chart. So I would need okay. uh, your birth your birth um, information, and then that's how I um, look at the information and look at those answers. Um, so mm-hmm. that's really how I how I work, and if um, that is something you're interested in, um, astrology readings are on my website. Um Okay, you well, can, that's great to yeah. know. So thank you very much. Then I can look Thanks. into that if Bye-bye. I'm interested. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, just so people know, I don't do. I'm not the psychic reader. Um, so, but I, right, I can yeah, help I, with the business advice or my books, messages, anything we just talked about. Um, you know, with the soul imprints and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and. Um, you know, for for the people that are looking for timing, 
Um, yeah. I always encourage our, our clients and our audience to follow their daily transits. Yes. You know, and, and when it comes to your, your business, look for transits in the 6th and 10th houses because those are about your daily work and your career and your public life. So, um, well, for an example, if, if someone had Uranus in their 6th or 10th houses, that could be you know, a new job, a new career, or taking on different responsibilities in a job you already have. So there can be a lot of helpful information in, in astrology charts, as, as Molly was talking about, and that is the, the, the tool that, that she uses, um, and, and myself as well, to answer questions like that. Um, but we have another... Um, okay, I was just reading my, my message here. Uh, we have another caller, and um, and I think she understands that, that we're not actually doing readings, but uh, general questions about um, anything that we've been talking about tonight. So um, next we're going to talk to Wendy. Let me get your mic open. Okay, Wendy, you're on the air with Molly. Go ahead with your question. Are you talking to me? Yeah, area code 303. Yeah, um, my name is Allison, not Wendy. Oh, okay. My fault. Um, <laughs> okay, that's why you were sounding a little If confused. you want to take Wendy first, there's a Wendy waiting um, ahead. Please take Wendy. Um, are, are you calling from from 303 area? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I am. It's just a, it's just a typo on on the uh, on the message that I got. So, but you're you're on deck, and if you. Okay. Um, if you're looking for, you know, a psychic reading, that's no. this isn't the right place for that. But if you have a general question about anything we've been talking about, Molly's waiting to answer for you. Yeah, I actually would like to get a, um, a another astrologer's point of view or input since sure. I do astrology, since I do astrology as well as a passionate hobby. Um, I'm curious what her own take on. A particular aspect would be, and mm-hmm. that would be the aspect is the solar eclipse at, mm-hmm. that we just had at 28 degrees Leo. Exactly the let me see the the aspect in question or on for discussion is a uh, Pluto Mars natal Pluto Mars square with Pluto at 28 degrees Leo in the third house and Mars at 28 degrees uh, Taurus in the 11th house. Powerful. Almost very, very, very close, like within two degrees from the 12th house. So that's the the setup. Mm-hmm. Um, Mars and uh, Pluto in this particular uh, aspect um, rules the Scorpio from the fifth, but is placed in the third. And Mars so, is rules the tenth house. Mm-hmm. 
in the 11th, almost the 12th. So I'd like to know your take on because that's a very, very powerful, exact conjunction yeah. of three yeah. very powerful forces. So I'd love to hear how you would read that for someone. i read that. Your, how you read that. So the eclipse uh, is a new moon in Leo, conjunct your conjunct your Pluto in the third house. So it's really about a new sense of power, a soul evolution. Something has to move forward in how you think and how you mm-hmm. use your gifts. Uh, in the third house, it's how we communicate, mm-hmm. information, speaking, teaching, writing, and mm-hmm. our mental faculties. So something mm-hmm. is pushing you forward, and it's actually meant to push you to let go. Because of that square to Mars, things can get stuck, and um, the, the, there can be those parts of you that don't want to shift and don't want to move. Uh, Mars and Taurus is wonderful at seeing something through to the very last drop. It's very mm-hmm. powerful at being a, um, a steady force. And this eclipse is asking you to look at what no longer has value to you that you can let mm-hmm. go of and move it through your energy mindfully. Um, anything with Pluto mm-hmm. is evolutionary, big, and deep. And so it's part of your mm-hmm. sole purpose. This eclipse mm-hmm. is part of your sole purpose to let something be complete so that new parts of you can come forth that feel even mm-hmm. stronger. Um, one thing I do know is with this point, mm-hmm. uh, you are receiving mm-hmm. a trine from Uranus, and pretty soon mm-hmm. you're going to have a trine uh, really strong from Saturn, uh, Saturn and Sag. So this right. grand trine of fire is really mm-hmm. meant to fire and burn mm-hmm. away, burn mm-hmm. away what you want to release and let go of um, mm-hmm. for good, for good. Mm-hmm. And so what that does is it brings mm-hmm. up stuff that you mm-hmm. need to let go of and burn away. It's sort of like, you know, okay, let's mm-hmm. put all that in the trash heap and burn it away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's a very big energy. Um, it's going to be working with you through September because uh, oh, Mercury yeah. mm-hmm. is going to station direct at 28 mm-hmm. degrees on that same point. Right. Mars right. is going to be hitting that degree this weekend, and then Venus is going to come through. So mm-hmm. you have three more activation points mm-hmm. all of us do of that mm-hmm. um, 28 degrees of Leo, 29 yeah. degrees mm-hmm. of Leo. So mm-hmm. that means you're supported, you're mm-hmm. supported, and that you probably know what it is, um, mm-hmm. you know, mentally. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you consider those, uh, let's say, the follow-up planets um, Mar- um, that are uh, Venus and, and uh, that Mars, you consider mm-hmm. those like, um, you view those as, you know, I'm kind of having a picture of, uh, you know, you have the great big blast and then you have the little smaller, like you call, activation points. They're not necessarily as dramatic, but they kind of they kind of come in afterwards after the big radiation blast to help <laughs> move the process forward. Is that what, is mm-hmm. that kind of how you would how you would uh, characterize that particular combination? Yes, uh, Mercury is going uh-huh. Mercury is going to give you new ways to think about it, new information, mm-hmm. new understanding. Mars mm-hmm. um, is a trigger where we can mm-hmm. we can we feel it deeply, and it can bring up the anger. It can bring up something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shows us our desire. It shows what we really want instead. Mm-hmm. And then Venus mm-hmm. is also the self love and love yourself mm-hmm. for what your heart mm-hmm. has been through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Well. 
I love talking astrology with other astrologers, so I just <laughs> wanted to, to you know, hear uh, your your perspective, your take on that particular. Because it's a very potent um, powerhouse of, uh, yeah. you know, of those conjunctions. And then again with that Mercury turning direct right smack at that 28 degrees at Leo, which just seems to be some sort of a, uh, yeah, like a reminder almost, or you know, how is Mercury involved in this entire process? Because clearly it is by going back to that 28 degrees, and yeah, I mean, stationary, stationary, um, you know, becoming stationary at that particular degrees is it's an interesting uh, dynamic in the sky right now. Mm-hmm. It's really quite yeah. It brings quite, in um, Mercury yeah. brings in new information about the story. Right. It brings uh-huh. in new insight, new clarity uh-huh. too, new inspiration uh-huh. in Leo. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, that that'll be happening next week. Yeah. So, thank you. I love talking well, astrology well, too. It's it's yeah. good. Thank you. <laughs> so we can talk forever, but we'll let it go. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your input. Really interesting to hear what you have to say. Thank okay. you for calling. You're Thanks, welcome. Allison. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Well, um, that was our last caller with a question. So, um, is there anything else that you would like to? add before we wrap it up only that it's an exciting time to be here um in our spiritual path understanding ourselves more understanding our gifts more and um to to trust what feels right for you more than ever um i hope that um you know any of the books that i write can contribute to your understanding of your soul's path your soul's journey and uh, I appreciate so much just uh, being able to speak with you and, and share with your audience. So thank you for having me here tonight. Well, it was our pleasure, Molly. And um, once more, your website <clears throat> excuse me, is ConsciousCoolChick.com. And your um, business website is MollyMcCord.online. And McCord is M C C O R D. So that's right. Oh, yes, it, it, it's Molly McCord dot online. It is. Did I get that? Yes. Oh, okay. Because that's I haven't. You don't see that um, suffix too often. Um, but okay, I'm glad I got it right. So um, check out Molly's website, and um, your books are on your website as well as other places? All on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, uh, yes, Smashwords, all across the different distribution channels um, under under my name, obviously. And okay. um, there's another, <laughs> and there is another book out um, that we just released this year that has um, 24 women sharing their spiritual journey of um, understanding their path more. That book is called Modern Heroine Soul Stories. Um, it's amazing the women who came forward to share and contribute what they've learned. So I just want to give a quick shout-out for that book because I, it could help people to understand more of what they're moving through. And it has not yet been released? It has. It, it came out in June. Oh. So that book is oh, cool. available. Yeah. Modern. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you're a busy, you're busy lady. <laughs> I am. I know. Yeah. I like it that way. <laughs> and um, and are you still are you still on the sh- on the uh, radio every week? 
Every Wednesday I do a live broadcast and we talk about the astrology and energies of the week ahead. So it's uh, very current and up to speed just like Starseed Radio here and it just helps people you know, feel validated too about what they're experiencing. So you can uh, find that here on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Molly McCord. Okay, well cool. Well, we so appreciate you sharing your time, talents, energies and wisdom with our audience. Um, and when you have anything else that you need to talk about or tell people about, please come on back and uh, share it with our audience. And uh, I oh, think that, um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that um, Lavendar was going to be on your show at some point. Yeah. Do you yeah. have that? You don't have that worked out yet. Okay. Um, well, cool. Just let us know when that's happening, and uh, we'll put that out to our network as well. Wonderful. I can't wait to talk to her about astrology and, and help more people understand their star markings. It's 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 time. It's time. It's exciting. It is time. It is so time. <laughs> so um I just want to thank you for um being with us this evening and also thanks to our listeners and to uh, Jada and Fiona for helping with the switchboard. Thanks to the callers and uh until next week. Have a great, great week, and remember to count your blessings every day. So, Molly, thank you so much, and good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 